Welcome to the Revenge Body Podcast. I'm Maverick Willett, and I've helped thousands of divorcees and single moms get snatched waist, jaw-dropping booties, and confidence that captivates the attention of men in every room, all without dieting, cutting carbs, giving up wine night, or starving yourself. What's going on, ladies? It's Shaboa ESV, a.k.a. Math. Today, I have no agenda. I woke up and I was like, how can I best serve the women in my audience in their weight loss struggles, fat loss struggles, mindset struggles, body transformation challenges, whatever it is you're going through, whatever it is you're struggling with. I mean, I know that the majority of my content focuses on body transformation, but I'm going off the cuff today, completely unscripted, raw. And uncut. By the way, that the like circumcised joke in my video where there's literally four of me in the video, I'm not hating on people who are uncircumcised at all. It's pretty funny that anyone who has commented taking issue with that joke doesn't have a penis. (laughs) That's amusing to me, but they're so quick to defend penis owners. I have nothing against. Circumcised or uncircumcised. I am neutral on the issue, but thought it was a funny joke. You know, those things that people used to laugh at and then continue scrolling, going about their day, you know, emotionally self regulate. If we don't like something, keep scrolling. No need to trigger jizz in the comments, you know, those days. Miss those days. Anyway, oh, me, me and my mom were actually talking about circumcision the other day. That's a weird way to start a conversation. We were talking about it though, and I, do believe it's kind of weird that we still do it. This is just my personal beliefs. For those of you that get offended easily, fuck off. All right. Just go, just regulate yourself. Okay. This is my personal opinion. I'm not, not telling anyone what they should or shouldn't do with their body, but I think it's weird that we still do it. And here's why there's really no documented medical reason to do it. Like when I asked my dad or anybody else who in the family, it's like, why do we do that still? And they're just like, it's cleaner. And I'm like, well, okay, but like, that's pretty easy to do, I think, from what I've heard. And it's just, it just kind of like, it's kind of like one of those things like, well, we've always done it. So that's just what we do. You know, that's just what we're going to do because we've always done it. Just like the army, the army stance on everything. This is how we've always done it. So this is how we're going to do it, even though it doesn't really make sense anymore. Yeah, you know, I just, I don't really get it. And and from what I have researched myself, I have learned that it actually, like circumcision actually decreases sensitivity up to 70%. If I had known that, I would have perhaps had an objection, you know? This is not to guilt trip anybody or anything like that. Again, this is just my personal opinion on it. I just, I think that, you know, had I been able to consent to such procedure, you know? And and here's the thing, like, as a parent, I did the same thing because no one told me any different. I had no idea. This podcast going in a weird direction. I'm going to get us back on track here. Okay. So when it comes to how I want to serve you all today, I think about the thousands and thousands and thousands of conversations that I have with women every single day, both in our program and outside of the program, you know, on Instagram, on Facebook. And I always ask you all, and and this is why I'm pretty damn good at knowing what it is that you desire and what's keeping you from getting to that place is I always ask a question. It's like, okay, what what got you to this place of 
if it's, you know, if it's a conversation where we're talking about the program, if, if you know, you all have interest in the program, I'm going to ask you like, like, what brought you to this moment? Everyone has a moment when they're looking in the mirror and they see, you know, whatever it is, the, the stretch marks, the cellulite, the spider veins, something that you hate about your body unnecessarily, you know, something that's, you've been taught to hate about your body. Cause someone at some point said that spider veins or cellulite or stretch marks or C-section scars are, are un are unfavorable or or unsightly. So now that's your belief, right? Because that's where it comes from. Like they're not actually, they're just, they were just, was just taught to you that they were unsightly, right? Because, you know, Hollywood and the magazines never show those things or historically don't. And so we believe these things to be imperfections. Anyway, there was a moment where you were looking at that and you were like, or your body fat, right? Like, you, you know, it's hanging over your, your, it's hanging over your, your belt line. It's, you turn to the side and you don't like what you see. It's, it's, you know, your love handles, your bat wings, your bingo arms, whatever. I'm using your all's words, by the way. You, the women have the most self-deprecating comments about yourselves in the descriptions of your body. It blows my mind how evil you all are to yourselves sometimes. I've never heard such things. You, I mean, and we'll get into that in a second. But you had a moment where you were like, I'm sick of it. I'm done. I'm going to do something about this. This is it. This is where it changes, right? You had that moment. And for some of you, some of you have described a very in-depth emotional bottoms where you were like, oh, you know, I was looking at myself in the mirror, literally grabbing my belly, crying, you know, grabbing the parts of me that I hate, trying to rip them off. And I looked behind me, my daughter was standing in the doorway in her PJs and she started crying. Because I was crying. And we know how impressionable children are. They do what they see, you know, they do less of what we say and way more of what we do. And so, you know, seeing that can be very impactful on a little girl. And that was your moment that you decided to reach out to this Viking on the internet. And for many of you, what followed was body and life transformation as you were able to invest and move forward. And by the way, on that note, real quick, I understand that our program is expensive. It's expensive for a reason. You know, there's a reason why our services are what are the, the investment that they are, because we are a business and we am, we have coaches that are compensated to give you a very high level of coaching and life transformation guidance. And so our investment reflects the results and the level of service that you receive. We ain't fucking Weight Watchers. But that being said, I understand that many of you are not at a place financially to be able to invest. That's why I give out so much free shit. That's why you, I give out probably more free guidance than anybody you'll find on the internet. And I, I know there's, I'm not saying that to, to like, in a boastful fashion, because I know there's a lot of resources out there, a lot of great accounts that I follow. My Jordan Syatt being one of them, BD Carpenter being another. Those guys got Lane Norton. They, these guys give a ton of free guidance out, and I believe that is the the mark of someone who truly cares about helping people change their lives. Right? Like I, that's why I do it. But that's that being my point here is that I understand that we are an investment in yourself. And that's why I give out a ton of free guidance so that you can have tactical knowledge to apply and get results now. Okay. Anyway, you had a moment, right? 
And through these conversations, I've identified like a lot of the things you struggle with as, as women. And I'm not tone deaf here. I understand. I'll never have firsthand experience with any of this, but I've put in the reps with you all via coaching and results and listening to you and listening intently and trying as hard as I can to put myself in that emotional place. I also have some parallels with my own journey. Those of you who have been following me long enough know that. Like I've, I've struggled with a lot of behavior modification on my end of the street and understand what it's like to not feel worthy and feel insufficient and have a shit ton of body dysmorphia. So I've had my own struggles and can, and can relate and empathize from, from that angle. But I understand I will never go through childbirth, menopause, etc. So when I say these things, just know that I say them with compassion. I, I don't, I'm not mansplaining is basically what I'm, I'm <laughs> basically what I'm, what I'm saying here. Okay. But I've, I've put in the reps with you all. And I, I truly do believe that I'm here to do this. So that being said, mo- the majority of the struggles that you have are mental. They're emotional. They're, they're, it's, a, it's between your ears. That's where the struggle lies. And so I want to, today, I want to talk about a concept of we can never get enough of what almost works. We can never get enough of what almost works. I want to, I want you to think about everything you've done in your life that almost works, whether it's, you know, a pattern you have with your selection of men or it's diets that you've tried, or it's things that you've done to your body in order to achieve worth or feeling sufficient or getting validation or being good enough in the eyes of who knows. Think about the things that you've tried to satisfy this void in your heart. Some of you struggle with addiction. This is the root of all addiction. We can never get enough of what almost works. And think about the thing that you're using or trying or or numbing with as a way to cope with life or cope with reality or cope with discomfort. Think of the thing that you attempt to fill that void with, fill that emptiness, escape that temporary pain. Even those of you that don't have addictions or haven't struggled with addictions can understand not being able to self-regulate, right? Like you see something, it triggers you, or you see something, it makes you uncomfortable, or you get an uncomfortable truth, or the situation is uncomfortable. So whatever you do in that moment to not feel that thing, it's comparable, right? But we can never get enough of what that is because why? Why is it? Why can't we? Why is it? Why is it like fast food, right? Like so many of us have things that we try or do to satisfy the whatever it is we have, the craving, the loneliness, the the depth that we crave. So many of us search for things and utilize modalities that don't ever scratch the itch because we're still chasing it after or it still persists. You know, and so attempting to exogenously satisfy these things that we have, whether it's not feeling good enough or not loving ourselves, right? You can't get that exogenously. That 
the, the scratching of the itch of wholeness does not come externally. No outside source can ever provide that. And, and that's why so many of us remain unhappy and in a perpetual pursuit of that thing. It's like we can never relax and be content when we are always, when our thinking and our belief is that we are not enough unless we have this thing. And this has everything to do with body transformation. Because if you think about it, the whole reason why you want to transform your body or delete your cellulite, delete your unsightly quote-unquote waistline, shed that unsightly, horrible belly fat, the fat on your armpit area, the jiggliness, your legs, the cottage cheese legs. Again, all terms you all have used. I'm not doing this from a man's perspective. These are things that you've told me in conversations that you hate about yourselves. But like all that comes from now, again, some, some, not all of it. I want to say all of it because some of it does have an integral place where you're like, I want to get healthier. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, obviously, that should, that's the highest form of self love is, is honoring your body. But there is some aspects of it that likely come from lack of wholeness. Like, once I lose this weight, I'll be good enough. Once I'm, I weigh X, I'll be able to feel Y. And then you do weigh X and Y is not there. Because it's that hedonic cycle of I'll never be happy until I have, or I'm not okay unless I have. That's the unwholeness dynamic. It's like, I'm not okay unless I have. And there, and, and a lot of us, we can't even be ourselves because this is my thing. I can't be myself in an intimate relationship because if someone knew the real me, they wouldn't love me. I'm unlovable as I am. And that's a belief that I've been reshaping for the better part of two or three years now. And I'm finally getting there. Oh my God, I'm getting there. And it's so peaceful here. Oh, oh man. When you're in that place of, I am good enough exactly as I am, goodbye social anxiety. Because you just, because your happiness no longer hinges on someone else thinking you're cool or attractive, or worthy. Oh, that's masculinity unchained, baby. When you feel like being yourself, like when, you're, when yourself is good enough, the, me, for me, it's the Marvel nerd, the, the stand-up comedy lover, the goofy, fun-loving, laughing guy that I am, when I don't have to posture myself as this fucking... Jason Momoa, lumberjack, plaid wearing, cigar smoking, whiskey drinking, alpha male. Oh God, when I relax that, that's when the real masculinity comes out because I don't give a fuck what people think of me being who I am because those that don't fuck with it will pass and those that fuck with it shall remain. And that is abundance, baby. I'm content. It's such a good place. And I think that that's where this podcast episode comes from today is I want you all to feel that. Whenever I get to this new precipice of reality, like whenever I do the work and I unlock this new belief system and this new lens through which I view the world, I'm like, damn, I want everybody to feel this. And I think that's a huge reason why I do what I do now is because with every level of business, 
the parallel is there must be personal levels unlocked, right? Like your business growth only mirrors your personal growth. And whenever I unlock this new level of just reality where the frame through which I've lived my life in just explodes and I see this new arena, oh, I want all of you to experience it. And it always has a parallel with body transformation because once you start to believe this way, it becomes so much easier to do the shit that actually gives you body results. Because let's be honest, dieting and doing the fucking cleanses and fasting, aka privilege, starving. Yes, some of it comes from miseducation and being uneducated on what gets body results long-term. But a lot of it also comes from a desperateness. You're like desperate to get results now because you just can't stand this part of yourself. You hate this part of yourself. Therefore, it must change. And I got news, news for you. Action that comes from that place will never be repeated over and over sustainably. Like that's never, that never leads to happiness because you're doing it from a place of self-loathing. So my point with all this is how are you speaking to yourself now? And how much of your life is a direct result of this belief system of you not being good enough? Right? Like how many of your, how much of your language, like just look at you, become an observer of your language every day and notice how many times you self criticize. Not to, again, not to judge yourself, but to just become aware so that you can understand how many checks you're putting in the credit versus the debit column. Wait, which one is good again? Is it, which one's credit or debit? I don't know. I think from accounting, accounting perspective, debit's better, right? I don't fucking know. I didn't pay attention in college. I, I flirted with the, the my accounting teacher in college because I knew I wasn't going to be able to pass because I didn't find it interesting whatsoever. So like I, I flirted with her. I told her that, that we she was a... I noticed that she was a cyclist. I think I saw... I met with her in her office. She's like, fuck, I'm failing. I got to go meet with this lady. And she was cute. And I was, I was 22 or 21. So I was like, all right, let me work this ankle. <laughs> I saw a picture of her in some biking shorts in her office and I was like, ooh, I like the bike. So I brought it up and I was like, I was like Butthead from Beavis and Butthead. I was like, I see you like cycling. I like cycling too. <laughs> Y'all seen Beavis and Butthead do America? Oh, where he's like, he's like, do you have braces? I have braces too. <laughs> I do a really good Beavis too. Hold on, ready? I am Portfolio. See, I told you, I do really good impersonations. That's why I'm so good at impersonating. Like with my Stacy character, I'm really good at impersonations. That's one of my useless skills. Actually, it's pretty useful now that I've built a business on the crazy content. But anyway, I'm really good at impersonations. So much so that when I was in college and I played basketball, when we were on away trips, they would, I would, there was a couple points where I got on the, the PA system on the bus. And I would impersonate all of my teammates because we had a pretty diverse team. We had a guy from Cameroon. We had guys from Atlanta. We had guys from the suburbs. We had guys, like, guys from all over. And I would go through and impersonate each one of them. And the bus would be like dying laughing, except for the, the, the dickheads who didn't like me. They didn't laugh, but they wanted to. Anyway, I'm good at impersonations. Where, where, where was I? Jesus. Where was I? Somebody tell me where I was. I lost my place. Anyway, scripts, right? We all have these scripts, these scripts that tell us that we're, we're not whole. 
God, where was I? Impersonations. Oh, now I know. I was talking about Budhead and I was like, oh, the girl. Yeah, the teacher. Right. Professor. Okay, sorry. Got it. I lost it for a second. Now we're back. Professor. So I, I, oh God, where, why was I talking about that? Oh yeah. Debits and credit. Jesus, Maverick. God. See, this is how my brain is. This is how my brain is. I go off and it's just like a spider web of thoughts. And, and then it's like, I, it takes a while for me to come back. If I even come back, the, the debits and credits thing, I know she was in bike. Show. Oh yeah. So, so, so I like flirted with her. I was like, oh, I see you like cycle. I'm a cyclist too. I, no, you know what I said? I said, I can tell that you cycle. Therefore, like making it about her physical appearance. I was like, I can tell that you ride bikes. You do something active. Do you ride bikes? She was like, like, and it, and it worked. She was like, and this is not, a, like, this is not how I look now. Like, this was shaved head, no facial hair, skinny me. Okay. And I was somehow thought that I could <laughs> like bum fuddle this, like, like just, just charm this mature adult into <laughs> giving me better grades. But we did have a, by, by it worked, like we had a conversation about cycling. And I do think that it like humanized me a little bit, made us better, like made us connect a little bit. And therefore, she was willing to work with me and give me some extra, like, extra credit assignments. And I passed that class with a with flying colors. Got a D. Anyway, credits and debits. Jesus, how many of your thoughts every day are going into the pause, like, conducive to progressing, and the non-conducive with progressing? Not that all life is about progression, but if you have a, you know, if you are unhappy with where you're at and you want to get some progress, or you want to get healthier. In order to get healthier, in order to establish a greater state of health, the body will follow the mind. So you have to cultivate thoughts that are more conducive to cultivating the activities that will lead to the result long term, right? So dieting, fasting, detoxes, all these like easy buttons and 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 like fast, get rich quick scheme sorts of ways to lose weight. Never going to fall in the conducive column. You know why? Because they're not sustainable. You, it, again, two questions of dieting are, would I, can I do this forever? Am I going to do this forever? Or am I, and, or am I going to, could, would I put my child on this diet? And if the answer is no to either one, why the fuck are you doing it? So think about when you go out throughout your day, how many thoughts that you have that arise about your body, life, Etc. are conducive to creating a new reality. And again, it's like, we're all going to have those thoughts. I naturally wake up in a state of negativity and pessimism. That's why state management is very important for me to progress. Because if I, if I don't actively work on changing my state to a state of abundance and gratitude and love and, and contentment, I'll, I'll wake up and I'll operate in that state. I'll be closed off to opportunity. I won't be creative and everything I do will be based from a place of scarcity. So state management for me is very important. And I believe it to be very, very important for a lot of people. Some people wake up in a state of abundance and I applaud you. And I'm, I, I love that for you. That's awesome. Some of us don't. And we have to work on that because it it's ingrained in us, right? Like it, it's ingrained in me to be distrustful of men because of how I was bullied as a child. And I did a, I did a video recently I got a lot of engagement and I was talking about, you know, what happened to me as a child, like the molestation when I was really young and why that, you know, and how that played out in my life as an adult when in intimate relationships. Right. And it led to, it didn't cause it, but it, it made me more 
predisposition to seeking validation outside of an intimate relationship because, well, I didn't have intimacy, right? I, I, I hid a large part of myself. And so many of us do that, right? And again, it comes to that place of I'm not good enough. Who I am is not good enough. Therefore, I must put on this facade to be worthy and to be desired, right? So if you just look at your day and how many thoughts we have, it's, it's a lot. Like it's, it's a fuck ton, generally, of thoughts like, ugh, can't stand that. It's like these little moments when you look at yourself in the bathroom mirror, right? Like, because we all do that. You don't, everybody has a mirror in the bathroom for the most part. And except for this one lady I talked to, and she had no mirrors in her house because she was so fucking sick. She was down that hole of self loathing so much, she didn't own a fucking mirror. So it's, you know, and, and she, she made strides, right? Like she, she came out of that. We got, we, and we helped them, you know, and obviously in conjunction working with a therapist, like she's in a much better place now. But most people have mirrors in their bathrooms, right? So you're going to catch a glimpse. And the, it's like, for me, it's like when I'm stepping in the shower, when you look back, that's like, that's like for me, that's the most, ugh, that's like, that's, that's when I cringe the most when I like look. And some of y'all listeners like, give us a fucking break, Maverick. You and I'm like, yeah. Even me, I, this is the body dysmorphia. Like I understand and I, I'm realistic enough to know that people look at my physique and they're like, wow, like he must never have insecurities. Newsflash, I do. I got plenty of them. I got plenty of insecurities. And I love getting like now, I'm, who, is, who is mowing the yard? Dude, who is, is that a lawnmower? Oh yeah, it is Monday morning. Dude, Monday morning, if you're trying to sleep around here, they're like, guess not. They're like, guess again, motherfucker. We mowing the yard at 8 a.m. I don't know why they sound like that because it's a Hispanic gentleman, I think. He definitely doesn't sound like that, but I assume maybe he does. I don't know. Anyway, Jesus, there I see I did it again. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I do have insecurities. And and one of them being like my midsection, especially after a full day of eating. I know some of you can relate with that, right? It's like, yes, oh my God, we do have things in common. Yeah, like I if I'm bloated, stomach distended, even knowing what I know as a health professional, like helping, you know, an educator of, of health, nutrition, body transformation, et cetera. That was, that was, that was country slang twang for body transformation. We run our words together, y'all. I just got back from Tennessee, so I'm a little bit twangy. Forgive me. Don't forgive me because I love it. Ain't going nowhere. You can take the man out of the country. Can't take the country out of the goddamn red-blooded American man. Damn, I'm, I'm on one this morning. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So one of those in my midsection, another one of them being my legs. I had very skinny legs up until like late 20s when I, with the help of anabolic agents, several of them really progressed with my leg development. I really went back to the basics with squats and got some leg development. Now I got decent ham hocks. I got some decent yams on me. Got some decent yams. And, and uh, so now it's not so bad, but I still like, I have to wear shorts at a certain length that, that don't go too too low because my I have baby need I have baby ass joints y'all y'all don't know this about me but one of the reasons like I I have tiny joints I have the muscles of a full grown man the joints of a newborn baby brontosaurus no 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 they have big joints what's something with tiny a deer a fucking impala like a newborn baby gazelle just just born out in the savannah, the Sahara, right? Just, just like, and not not Savannah, Georgia. It has animals of its own, but the the like the the grasslands of South Africa. Just a newborn baby wildebeest. 
you know, how their joints are all knobbly and tiny. That's my joints. And so if I have shorts that go down to the knee, it looks like I have some kind of muscle wasting disease in my legs. Cause, cause that's all you see. You don't see the, the, the thigh meat. You just see joint and you're like, is that Johnny Bravo? This is what goes through my head. Christ. So I, I, anyway, I need, I wear shorts that are short so that I can show, Hey, I work out my legs because everybody cares about that. You know, anyway, so I have insecurities, right? <laughs> I'm still work. Now I kind of, I can laugh about it. You know, I don't really give a shit anymore. It's like, here I am. You're like, they're not. It is. Anyway. Yeah. So I have insecurities. So, but anyway, when I'm getting the shower and I look back, like that's the most like unfavorable view of myself. I'm like, Oh God. It's when my like guts hanging over my, you know, I'm just going to stop because I feel like I'm, some of y'all are going to be like, shut the fuck up. Maverick. But anyway, I get it. So like, like these, these, this, these negative thoughts that you have about your body at certain points throughout the day, all those thoughts that come up, how often does it happen? And, and the goal here is just become aware of it and then start thinking differently. And, and cause you can't start thinking differently until you're aware of it. Like you have to become aware of it. You have to become a observer of yourself at some point in order to change the narrative, in order to change the script. That's what it is. It's a script. And the reason why this is so important is because your, your mind is a sentry. It's, it's constantly looking for confirmation of your beliefs. Okay. That, whether you want to want to accept it or not, God, I've got 10 minutes till Denver wakes up and he's got to go to school. I really, I really rambled here. Now I got to rush it. Anyway, so why is it so important is because your mind is a sentry, always looking for confirmation of your beliefs. That is the reality. Okay. And so the more negative thoughts you have, the more of that you are going to attract and the more opportunity you're going to be closed off to because opportunity already exists, right? Those of you who think that opportunity just falls into people's laps, it's waiting to fall into yours. You're just blind to it because you have such negative thoughts. Again, I'm speaking from experience. I used to live this. I used to be very negative. I used to be very pessimistic. I used to point the finger at everything but myself and therefore my life was miserable. Because that's all I attracted. Those of you who, who and, and this, I call women out for this all the time. Sometimes on my own coaching team, I call women out on this because, and I would call men out as well. Okay. It's just that I work with all women. So this, I'm going to keep using women, women, women. Okay. So I work with you all. This is my chosen profession. Okay. I call you out when you start saying all men are the same. All men are the same. They, none of, can, is there a single faithful man on earth? Is there a single man that I, I don't have to take care of 24-7 that actually takes care of? Like, I don't want a man child. Are there no men left? Yeah, there's none left for you because that's all you attract with that language. Ooh, some of y'all just got slapped in the fucking face on a Monday morning. Well, I'm recording this on Monday. You're going to hear it Thursday. But that's the reality. If that's how you think, that's what you attract over and over and over again. You have to know that it's safe for you to have new things in your life. If you want new things, new things that are above the level of your current consciousness, you have to give yourself permission to have those things and tell yourself and with your language that they are available to you because they are, whether you want to admit it, acknowledge it or not, they are. They're out there. And other women are finding high caliber men and getting body results. And it's not because they believe they are worthy of that. You have to believe you are worthy of getting new shit in your life. In order for you to get new shit, you have to believe that it's safe for you to get new shit. This goes for money. 
This goes for higher caliber people that you're trying to attract. This goes for body results. If you don't think you're worth a damn, those things aren't going to find you. We attract through our energy, through our actions, through our beliefs, through our language, through our openness to opportunity, our current circumstances. Our current circumstances are merely a reflection of our historical beliefs that our mind has simply searched for confirmation of over and over. And so this, this like the way I live now is there's so much more gratitude and there's so much more contentment. I'm not where I want to be yet in terms of contentment because I still kind of drift away from the present a lot and get locked into metrics that I've been taught lead to happiness, like money and physical, you know, physical, like my muscle, like all that stuff. I still drift to those things, but I drift away less. And I'm aware of when I do drift. And that's a beauty, that's the beauty of neuroplasticity, y'all, is it takes time, but the life that you all are capable of having. And some of you may already be there. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you're already doing it and you can kind of see the changes here and there. And they're so beautiful. Even though they're subtle, they're so beautiful that you understand now. You're like, oh my God, yes, this is what he's talking about. I have experienced this in bits and pieces, but those bits and pieces are enough for me to keep going because I want a life that has way more of that. And you will have that. All of you listening to this can have a much better reality a body that makes you feel confident, happy, sexy, all the above, energetic, right? But you have to cultivate a love for life. You have to cultivate it. And how I was talking, like what I was saying earlier, it can't come from outside. There's no way that you continuing to look outside of yourself for validation and worth is going to lead to validation and worth. It's a mirage. It's an itch that can never be scratched. So many of us stay in that perpetual cycle because it's taught that's what we need. And I think it started with the boomers. I think that they, I think that like, I don't want to piss any educators off with this because I love educators. I love educators, but like traditional education sucks at, it's not your fault. It's the curriculum's fault. So just know that I'm not blaming educators. I think educators are, they're, they're beautiful people. They should be paid a, load more than they're paid to do what they do and shape the minds of our youth, right? But the curriculum's garbage for preparing young adults for life and and for giving them the actual tools that lead to success and happiness. Because you look at the boomer generation, it was like, go to, go to college, start a family. Blah. Well, guess what? One income can't support a family anymore, you know, inflation and such. And the other part of that is like the tools for contentment aren't being taught. No one teaches us like you're, you know, you, you, you are worthy now. It's your birthright to feel confident and worthy and all these things. And again, I want to also want to make a distinction here. I'm not saying we, we reward, we reward complacency and we, we celebrate like subpar. Like I'm not saying that we should Tell people to stop working hard and tell people to relax their, their ambition or all these things. But we, I'm just, we want to cultivate more self awareness of what brings actual contentment. And that's an inside job. And we want to be, we all, it also, for me, it's made me very conscious of how I speak to my son and what I validate in him. For example, and I, I just saw this, good Lord, there goes that weed eater again. I just saw this. 
like live, it was my grandmother's 90th birthday this weekend, right? And bless her heart, like she's she's awesome. She's still kicking. She's crushing it, right? At 90 years old, still full of life. Love her. But my all the grandchildren were there, which is rare because that's never happened on my dad's side of the family. It was super surreal to have everybody together for once. Like that, that's that just never happens in my family. And I wish that it did more. It was so awesome to see my my family. I something I took for granted when I was younger. Anyway, the the grandchildren were all together and my grandmother just constantly was like, oh, she's so beautiful. Oh, you're she, about Denver. She was like, oh, he's so handsome. She's so beautiful. And I know she means well, but so many parents and grandparents from that generation only said that as their you know, positive affirmation, their positive reinforcement. And therefore, what's a kid going to then hinge their worth on? How they look. If you want to create somebody who's obsessed about how they look and appear, Keep telling them how beautiful they are because that's the only time they get positive reinforcement, right? We need to normalize. Oh God, I hate that word, normalize. But we need to make it more of a practice to validate someone's morality, validate someone's integrity, their honesty, their kindness, right? So Denver's mother and I, we <laughs> I'm laughing. I'll tell you why in a sec. Denver's mother and I always make it a point to talk about and celebrate how kind he is, how well he treats other people right like we want to make that his metric of not that you know telling someone they're 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 handsome is okay i'm not saying like and that y'all a lot of my audience tends to interpret things in extremes like if i say this might not be optimal they're like oh my that equals bad it's like no there's it's not just black and white bro it's like sis in this case it's just that we want to shift our our metrics i think with how we're validating our children with character traits with moral compass with how they treat people right so anyway that that that's just I, I say all that to say that the language that we use and and the way that we speak to ourselves and what we want to exemplify for our children it's all very very important and doing this cultivating new thoughts and beliefs and language for yourself will only help you be a better parent because becoming like your self work is the greatest gift you can give your kids because as you become more integrated so shall that you can we can't teach integration unless we are working on becoming more integrated. We don't have to be the exemplar, but we need to be on the journey as parents. And I think it's very, very important that we, how we speak to ourselves. Because here's, here's the rule. Here's the golden rule, ladies. This is going to be a, a sobering truth for you all. If you wouldn't want to walk in on your daughter saying it about herself, why are you saying it about yourself? Because the way that you speak to yourself is the way that she'll speak to herself. The way that you speak about men is the way that she'll view men. The way that you treat yourself is the way that she will treat herself. And if you are constantly self-abandoning, if you're constantly putting the kids' needs before your own to the point where you're suffering, that's not noble. I know that it's a mother's instinct, a parent's instinct to do so because you've been taught that, oh my, I must... The kids always come first. They must no. If you don't thrive, they don't thrive. If you take care of yourself first, it goes back to that mantra: "I am mine before anyone else's." If that's your mantra, you will thrive, and they will thrive because they're going to see you serving yourself, honoring yourself, and therefore, again, it comes down to they always do what they see more than what you say. 
right? So if you show that it's important, it's a value of yours to honor yourself, they will honor themselves. I watched my parents never miss a workout. Rain, snow, sleet, hail, whatever. My parents were getting it in, in the basement gym. That kind of helps with the snow and sleet thing. We had a home gym. But point is, guess who never misses a workout now and hasn't missed one in 25 years? Shaboy. What I saw was a was health valued. Health and fitness was valued at a very high level in my family. And therefore, that is programmed into me. And I thank my parents for that. I thank my dad and my mom, especially my mom, because women are taught that lifting weights is, you know, or, or it's a belief system that it's like, oh, I can't lift weights. I'll get manly. Bullshit. <laughs> There's nothing more strong feminine about than, than lifting weights and getting stronger and shaping your body. Anyway, what we do is what they will embody. Just remember that. And the, how you speak to your children, how you speak in front of them will become that little voice in their heads as they mature and become adults. The voices we all have in our heads now as adults, that was the language that was used in some form or fashion when we were children. Not to blame our parents, they did their very best. At their current level of consciousness, we have a chance to be pattern breakers and cycle breakers. And this is how you do it. But all these results you want for your body they come from cultivating. The root of it all comes from being able to validate self and love self. Fall in love with yourself. Fall in love with yourself and you will do the things naturally. A byproduct of you loving yourself will be honoring your body. Thousand percent. It starts with loving your body as it is now. Okay? Because you can't, there's certain things you can't fucking change, ladies. Like if you got a ton of like loose skin and, and the cellulite and all those things, remember that you you were taught that that was unsightly. Everything that we know as humans comes from our programming. It comes from the language given to us. It comes from our upbringing, the education system, society. It's not necessarily what is. We determine that with our minds. And if you were taught that your cellulite and your you know, it's lipedema, which is a condition that makes it extremely hard to lose weight, right? If you were taught that this was unsightly and, and, and ugly and, and, and all these horrible things, that's now your beliefs. It didn't actually, it's not, it doesn't mean that. And, and so if you, if you come from that place of wanting to delete it from your body, you'll do things that are not healthy long-term. Long-term health comes from lifestyle. It comes from embodying that beautiful, content, full of life woman that all of you are. There is a woman inside of all of you who is already content and grateful for the life that she has every day and she lives a life of joy. And that woman way more easily cultivates the activities like going on walk, going to the gym. You know why you fear going to the gym? Because you're insecure with self. Because you're, in, you're afraid that you know since you don't know what you're doing, you're going to be judged. You fear judgment. You fear wearing workout clothes. Right? Because fucking A, a lot of people don't, a lot of brands don't make workout clothes your size. Those of you who are overweight, trying to lose weight, holy shit. I wish that I, this would be ridiculous for me to do as a man, not knowing anything about women's sizes and stuff. But I, if I could, if I had the capital right now, you best believe I would come out with a 
workout apparel brand for plus size women. I know there's some out there that are doing a great job, but like there's so many idiots that are like, oh, plus size gym wear means we're glorifying obesity. No, we're not. Dude, have you ever been an overweight woman trying to find a sports bra your size, leggings your size? For a while, they were only made for fucking Barbie dolls. Well, how am I supposed to get motivated to go work out as an overweight person if the only thing I can work out in is fucking sweatpants from the 80s in a, in a fucking shower curtain of a shirt? Like, come on. We need more workout apparel for the women who are interested in getting in shape but are currently in their before picture stage and they don't have workout clothes that fit. I mean, like, Jesus, you know? Anyway, I got off on a tangent there because it, it kind of rips me apart for those of you who like want to get in shape and want to get healthier, but don't have workout apparel that fit you. Fucking hey, man. 2023, we got AI, but we can't create that. Anyway, oh God, it makes me emotional because I can only imagine what that's like. And it's got to be so frustrating and, and discouraging. Ugh. Dude, I just want to come out with a plus size women's apparel brand. Would y'all wear it? Viking, Viking fucking ESV women's plus size women's workout apparel? Maybe I'm onto something. I can do whatever I want. You know why? Because I live in a I live in abundance, baby. And you call you all can do whatever you want. And everything, I'm gonna finish with this because I gotta get my boy ready for school. He's already awake. I can hear him in there singing. God, he's so amazing. Oh, dude, he when he just we we just went on four flights, his first time flying, went to Tennessee, and he just I, I was so nervous. I had so much anxiety going on this trip because I was like, oh my God. Do I have everything I need? I text his mom and I was like, hey, what would you take if you were taking him on a flight? Am I missing anything here? And she's like, no, you're good. You got it. And we were going through Atlanta and everything. Anyway, I was so stressed out. And this boy behaved so well. He's such a peaceful, joyful child. He's three years old. And he behaved better than most adults on flights. Literally, like I was next to some people who were freaking out during takeoff. I look over. He's just humming. He's humming um, wheels on the bus go round and round while he's eating some Cheez-Its and looking out the window watching us take off. He's just like, mm, 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 round and round, round and round. And he's just like joyful as hell. And I was like, oh, what an angel. Wonderful weekend. Anyway, what the hell was I saying? <laughs> cultivate, cultivate new thoughts for yourself. I want you all to practice. And the best way, if you want to rip off the Band-Aid with this, just get raw, get naked, get in front of the mirror and say, who am I? Who am I? You will want to do this. I've done this and it's hard. Stand there with my flaccid dick, just talking to myself like, who am I? And then look yourself in the eye and affirm who the fuck you are. You are powerful. You are capable. A lot of you Amazing mothers, kind women, strong, creative, playful, fun-loving. You got interests that are unique. You got gifts that you're, you're imbued with to bring to this world that you're not capitalizing on, right? Who you are is so amazing and worthy of love. Need you all to know that. That's what I need you all to look yourself in the eyes and tell yourself when you're standing there naked in the mirror and looking at all the things you've historically loathed and just give yourself a hug, man. Okay? You got to love yourself first before anyone can love you. I know that's cliche, but when you cultivate, y'all hear Denver in there, he's like, 
hey, fucker, I'm ready for school. Let's go. All right, got to go. Love that woman. Cultivate love for her. It starts there, y'all. Everything that you want in the universe, like it starts, it's an inside job. You must cultivate it. And then you will attract more of that thing. Like attracts like. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for listening. I know this was a ride. Have an awesome rest of your day. BSV out. If you liked what you heard on this episode, ladies, share it with your friends. And if you want to finally escape dieting culture and get body results that make your ex wish he never mistreated you, check out the link for the Revenge Body Metabolic Revamp. You can find that in the show notes. And remember, ladies, you are powerful.